welcome to another episode of the Football Pool Podcast, the number one football podcast in the great state of Colorado, Westminster area. Uh, we have uh, our fourth co-host, um, Mark, back on the pod for the first time in a couple of weeks. Now that the season is officially over, he has some time to jump back on the pod. Uh, Mark, we heard that you were going to be making... Oh, I'll wait. I heard that you were making a big... Uh... A big trade potentially to get Joe Burrow in this uh, for the Saints now that he's lost the Super Bowl and obviously doesn't want to be there. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute here, but I'm going to kick it to John for the first topic of the night. Yeah, we're we're going to go in and talk a little bit about the Super Bowl here. Uh, like I, I was saying when we got cut off on our first run here, the game always seems like it, it runs together and it happens quicker than the amount of time that it actually takes. Uh, the, a really good game overall tonight. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was disappointed with the result. Uh, I know that the others were not. Uh, but since uh, it's been such a long time since we've had Mark on the pod here, let's, let's kick it to him and kind of ask him about his main takeaways for the game and just uh, these franchises going into the future. All righty. Well, um, as far as the game goes, yeah, I love the game. Uh, I think there was a good mix of – defensive struggle and battles with it but then enough offense to keep it interesting um i obviously wanted joe burrow to win but now that he's lost i'm kind of happy because his trade value is super low so i'm pretty (laughs) sure we could get him for like you know a seventh round pick and that might be overspending i mean who wants a an injured quarterback at this point who just lost like that but uh no I i think it was a great game uh i think you know, Cooper Cup was the difference maker as far as on the offense goes uh, for the Rams. It looked like for a little while, once OBJ went out, that uh, the Rams were going to fall apart. They just couldn't get anything going. And then Matt Stafford realized, oh, yeah, I have the number one receiver in the league. Let me just throw it to him a dozen times. So Makes too much sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, I, 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 w- I thought it was a good game. Um, I'm happy that there wasn't too much. As far as the refs go, um, I, I, I feel like every year there's one big play that fans like go back and forth on. And for a minute, it looked like it was going to be that lack of face mask call on uh, Higgins. Yeah. But besides that, I felt like there wasn't really too much ref involvement. They let him play up until that last drive. For the yeah, most they part. really made it up on that one. Yeah. I thought that uh, – was it the the holding call on Wilson there at the end? Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of ticky tack. Yeah, especially because Eli Apple pi'd uh-huh. uh, Cooper Cup obviously like two plays later. So I mean, I, I thought uh, that whole little sequence, the refs kind of tarnished instead of just letting them play a little bit. But uh, I, I love the game overall. I was happy with it. Won two hundred fifty yeah. bucks, so I can't complain. Oh, uh, if you had been listening to the Ryan's Bynes, you probably wouldn't have won any money unless you picked uh, the Rams money line like Ryan had been saying. Uh, Ryan, do you have something to say to the people, the listeners on the pod? Yeah, I got uh, first off. It's uh, Mark. Welcome back. It's nice to have you, brother. Thanks. Good to be back. And the rest of you guys, brother, it was always the Rams. It was always the Rams. And the Rams are Super Bowl champions. Well said. I couldn't have said it better than yourself. Um, 
Yeah, man. Ryan called it. Uh, it's got to be what four or five episodes ago. Like yeah, uh, this is before the playoffs started. Yeah, mid season. I mean, is when we came back, and I think Ryan was saying it the entire time. So props to <laughs> football fools, uh, Ryan's Bynes, Ryan Stiber, our stu- our Stubes, Chad Stubes, our Stubes. Um, hang on, before yeah. we give him too much credit, what did what did you say the final score was going to be there, Ryan? Fair enough. I said uh, was uh, twenty to seventeen, twenty three, twenty Rams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah was, okay i, I must uh, i must have misread that 42 17 text if if you don't believe me listen back to our previous football full of podcast episodes we'll be posting all of our snapchat group um logs in uh on our instagram here so if you guys want to see everything we say as well as listening to it follow football fools podcast on instagram dot com is that a thing still people still say that on instagram okay fair enough i'm 90 um yeah all all around though i think it was a pretty good game um hated seeing obj cry super annoying super dramatic good for him good thing he won a ring but uh come on man all, all he did was mess up the first touchdown back yeah. for cooper cup yeah and all but, he did was tear his acl I, I think he's gonna be fine uh yeah you know he, he was pretty close to being out of the league anyway so uh he had the revival it'll, it'll be okay he'll he'll figure something out with the new team yeah i was a little bummed but uh i think my ryan's buy-ins which is doesn't make any sense now that it's ryan's buy-ins but my uh gambling advice my foolish should pick if you will was to pick the rams plus four um it did hit so if you listen to me you uh, also you mean the Bengals plus four yeah i said rams i meant Bengals yeah, plus there four. You go. yep Bengals plus four is what i meant to say so uh good on you if you listen to me um uh, mark tell the people about what you've been doing in the scenes in office for the last um, six weeks uh, I have been uh, just stirring up chaos and dysfunction in order to make it seem like we are uh, just falling apart at the seams. Yep. But really, we're just tanking. Um, you hired some crisis actors and the Vegas club with Kamara. Yeah, yeah, that was all staged, 100%. Um, sure. We just had a report leak, and I hated this report that Michael Thomas is in good standing again. We're not going to trade him. Uh, so, I mean, I'm going to throw a grenade or two over there, and uh, he'll he'll be out again this season. Um, yeah, we're going for Bryce Young, you know. Interesting. I, I think that's the only way we can do it. Um, replace Joe, obviously, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Uh, who is, who's the other guy we had? Trevor Simeon? God, Book? long-time Bronco. Uh, you know, Ian Book, yeah. Um, I, I don't think they're the answer. So, you know, we're, we're just looking to the future. Um, I already have Dennis Allen in agreement, 100K for every loss he has this year. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to be doing great things this year. Uh, stay tuned for two years from now when we go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's nothing like tanking for an undersized quarterback. Just ask the Dolphins and Cardinals how great that plan has worked out. Correct. I mean, Drew Brees was undersized, and you know, but no one had to tank. He just fell to them. And if you listen to the Football Fools podcast religiously, as you should, you would know that. Uh... Oh my gosh! You you have to edit this. Now. Yeah, no, it's okay. We 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 roll with it. We I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, I, the Super Bowl just ended, guys. Give me a break. Um, you would know that. The Broncos had Aaron Rodgers in the flesh in Colorado and our one and only John Moore posted it on the Football Fools podcast. 
first before any news media outlets. If you go look at the Football Fools Instagram, you'll see the Aaron Rodgers was in Denver, and John got a picture of him face to face. Yeah, we we had the, the fools that uh, get involved in this time. We usually like to to keep our hands off situations, but it really seems like we have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, so we decide to bring him here this weekend, court him, show him a, a good time, what it would be like to live in Denver. He was going to appear on the pod tonight, but unfortunately he, he had to go do some off-season preparation, and so he flew out just a little bit ago. Yeah, we took him to the top, one of the top 50 breweries in Colorado, number 49, Rails and Brewery. Um, if you guys listen to the pod, make sure you check out Rails and Brewery, big sponsor of the show, gives us millions every single year for the pod. Um, we took Aaron Rodgers there just to uh, show him around town. If you will, yeah. Well, let, let's uh, let's pivot this back into the the Super Bowl a little bit here. Um, I think one of the kind of interesting lingering questions going into next year is, especially with some of the reports that began to surface today, the possibility of Aaron Donald retiring, McVay earlier in the week talking about his future with the franchise. Uh, th- there's a chance that the Rams look extremely different. Uh, next going into next season so so ryan since you're now our resident rams fan what do you think they're going to look like next year do you see it being dramatically different or them just kind of making the the efforts to circle the wagons again and and bring everybody they possibly can back that helped them win this title yeah so just because i'm a rams well a couple minutes ago i was but not anymore uh (laughs) i they just won the Super Bowl. Next year, they are going to look way different. And uh, it won't be the same Rams team at all. Uh, this team, they're going to be in trouble the next five to ten years, I think. Uh, they're losing. They're going to lose Whitworth. They're going to lose a lot of free agents. They just signed, like, top yeah, dogs. Uh, I, does anyone know Ramsey's contract? Because I'm not sure. Yeah, he, uh, He's locked up with a big deal. Uh, but that that's pretty much their – their main guy they have locked down right now. Yeah, and and that might be enough. Who knows? Because if, if they have Stafford, Donald, and Ramsey, that might be enough to be contenders, man, till the to the NFC Championship at least in my in my eyes. But, How uh, long do they have uh, Stafford locked up for? I'm not sure. Uh, I, probably a couple more years. I'm not exactly sure like on his two, contract. He's probably like a free or agent or anything. Yeah. Well, Vaughn is potentially a big free agent. He was a one year thing. Um, good for him, you know. Broncos uh, country favorite, Von Miller did get into the Super Bowl ring. Um, so, I, so, to- so I, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> hey, you shut up! It was all we know. We're excited. We know it was always the Rams. You need to shut up. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so I think that uh, Donald. I, I think I think they'll be okay for a couple years then. And uh, do you think Donald retires? Because that's big a- news tonight. Not. He no, I, I I don't I think that's fault. That's fake news. I mean, I he's, a, he said it. Yeah, he I don't it, he it. was the one who said he's it. contemplating it. And I mean, he's only been in the league what eight years? Eight years. Yeah, but what? I mean, I, okay, so completely off topic. But his resume for eight years is absurd. Yeah, absurd. Yeah. I can't even say the word. It's so crazy. I mean, just based off the last eight years, he's Hall of Fame worthy. Oh, for sure. You could have stopped it three years ago. He probably would have been Hall of Fame worthy. But yeah, the only thing he was missing was that that Super Bowl ring. Because like, but what I'm I'm looking at for the the rounds is like those players, just like everybody else, knows that this team was built for right now and the future. And like, 
you just kind of wonder if guys are kind of going to let that self-preservation kick in and they don't want to be there if the wheels are going to fall off or it get dramatically worse. Like if you, if you still have Stafford, um, you, you wouldn't think that to be the case, but if you lose McVay, like I'm just thinking mainly about him. Like it, it was rumored a month or two ago that he might kind of go the John Gruden route and leave coaching for a while and go do TV and do something easier, still make a lot of money, be a star and then come back when he wants to, because there's, there's just no chance he's going to be there when the wheels fall off. Like that, that's not how he's going to roll. And they've won a Super Bowl, and so the the only excuse that could have kept people there at, to win a ring, they've accomplished that now. God, could you imagine if McVay retires right now, like this yeah. off season, just says like, "All right, I'm out." Well, imagine Donald's... his contract is up, right? Yeah, his like, he could do it. Well, imagine like you lose Vaughn, you lose Donald. You lose uh, potentially OBJ. You lose again potentially McVeigh. These are all hypotheticals at this point. But and then you uh, you lose four of your biggest players that you just signed to to make the Super Bowl run and win. And which one of them would be content with walking off into the into the sunset now at this point? Um, what does that team look like? And what does that do for the franchise? They already don't have a first round pick till twenty twenty four. You lose your head coach, your star, you know, three of your star players. I don't even know what Leonard Floyd's contract looks like. It was a key piece of the the run. Um, yeah, look at was it worth it to get one Super Bowl? I mean, I guess that's what you play the game for. But what does that do for your franchise for the next four or five years? See, I, I don't like that at all. Like it, it's all about winning the Super Bowl, and like it, it has now worked out for them. So if they're terrible, then they they can hold on to their picks, and when they're terrible and get their picks back, they can draft and rebuild. Because like it's kind of one of the things I mentioned with the Broncos too. I don't like that's going around where people are like should the Broncos risk sacrificing their future for trading a ton for Aaron Rodgers? It's like, what future? You don't have a future if you don't have a chance to win a Super Bowl and you don't want to be mediocre. It's like you you really want to be really good or really bad and be able to, to get back to it quick because you can you have access to getting really good players. So I agree with you, but that's not how the Rams have built their team. So if, if you're saying that the Rams, like you don't agree with it because you think the Rams should will have time to build back, that's not how they built their team that won the Super Bowl. They traded for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I get what you're saying, and ideally that's how you want to build teams and how you want to get to the Super Bowl. That's not that's the exact opposite of how the Rams did it, which is how we said the Bengals the last episode or two episodes ago. Um, the Bengals built their team through the draft, and the Rams traded for everybody they got. So I agree uh, with you. I mean, yes and no. Who, I, who, who was the key piece that the Rams didn't trade for? No, I'm oh. talking about with the Bengals. I think oh, it's like okay. overlooked how much the Bengals actually – like brought people in from free agency. Yeah, Von Bell, Mike Hill, whole defense. Yeah, well, yeah. Three, three Trey other, Hendrickson. Yeah, you know. three of their best defensive players were all drafted. But then you look at their entire offense; every single one of them's drafted. Yeah, yeah, their offense they definitely built through the draft. It was more so the defensive side of the ball, which I mean they have seventy five million cap going into this offseason. So the Bengals. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. scary. Yeah, that's kind of scary. I mean, imagine they built no line and added All a couple of key pieces to defense. Yeah, Andrew Whitworth going back to the Bengals to get another ring. <laughs> God, that'd be insane. OBJ, he can go add uh, to the LSU brothers over there. Yeah, it, I mean, it was like I said, I wasn't, I was disappointed with the outcome because I did want the Bengals to win, but it, it, I think overall it was a really good game. So I'm, 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 I'm happy with what I got to watch. At least a little disappointed, like I said, with that last drive from the Bengals, but it was a good game. 
Can we talk about how bad the Super Bowl commercials were this year? Yeah, man, that was a little disappointing. We were talking about the entire time. We had a big group of people here, and everybody was kind of like, "What? What? Where's the funny commercials? Where's the good commercials?" Uh, even Aaron Rodgers wasn't a big fan of the commercials. Yeah, exactly. And we we had him right here with us, sitting on the couch, so we definitely got to hear his opinion. Um. Yeah, I, I was extremely disappointed in the commercials, but being an old head, I loved the halftime show. Um, it was good. I think it's hit or miss for a lot of people, but for me, it was very nostalgic. So I was super into that. Yeah, um, but the commercials, can we just make them great again? <laughs> dude, the halftime show was definitely top three of all time. If, if, okay, anyone's, you asking, right if anyone's asking Ryan Stiver, dude, I'm telling you right now that number one was Prince. I want to say 06 or 07 with uh, Colts and Bears, Prince. Yeah. And, uh, number two, Seven. I'd go Rolling Stones. I forget that year, probably 02, 01. Way past the prime. They played the first Super Bowl. You mean that one? Yeah, 1920. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we were kids. And uh, we were kids. We're having a good time. And uh, <laughs> so, and then this this one, I, I think this one was top three uh, for sure. I thought it was really good, man. When, uh, when, when Dre I, started I singing so, California think... Love, I thought that was top notch, man. I thought they'd push the envelope a little bit more than they did. It didn't. It seemed like it was pretty straight down the middle. Like unless I just missed something, it didn't seem like a controversial show at all, which I, I thought was overall a good thing. Yeah, it was, you it must was have show. missed the uh, the Eminem kneeling after the NFL told him no. Oh, oh I, did I, I didn't even notice that. That's how into yeah. The, uh, I, it kind of went low key under the radar, but NFL told him he wasn't allowed to kneel for Kaepernick, and he ended up doing it anyway. Interesting. Uh, well, that's a, that's a nice, fresh storyline. Good thing. Good thing he's really <laughs> with the Toms. That must have been happening the last time he had a big song, right? <laughs> um, and really quick, sorry not to get off the super the halftime show because it was a good halftime show. Um, when we're talking about Aaron Donald, what other defensive tackle, a Hall of Fame defensive tackle, and I can't. Everyone literally in history is escaping my mind right now. John but, um, I can't think of one. Yeah, I can't think of a single defensive tackle. But like, why are we being so nitpicky with Aaron Donald's like Hall of Fame uh, pedigree? Think about it. Like he's like I said, four years ago, three years ago, you could have stopped his his uh, his ballot, you know, vote, and like he already had. He's already better than every defensive tackle well, in history. I think that longevity is, plays a big part for voters too. Like with the the current class, actually, one of the guys like Baselli that made it, who was on the the Jags, like he only played like six or seven years, and pe- like people said he was great and he was on track, but like it just wasn't enough years. And I, I'm pretty sure Aaron Donald has won three Player of the Year, so I I get that, but I think it's just the the years overall. But now it, it like he's played eight years and like. In the modern day, that's not forever, but I would have to guess that that's a pretty decently long career for a defensive tackle in the history of the NFL. So to he's, be good. he's got every part of the resume at this point. To be good every single year as well. And uh, we'll have Mark, our resident analyst, uh, look up the stats, but um, how many other defensive tackles are even in the Hall of Fame? Well, dude, it, I, I can think I'm of John talking. Randall. Um, well, that's one. <laughs> yeah, and that's I mean, the only dude, one coming off the top of my head. Guys, one guys, thing. guys. First off, this year Richard Seymour, but I mean, you look at Rich Richard Seymour, and fucking, uh, I'm sorry, edit that one out. Uh, Richard Seymour and uh, Reggie White. Uh, <laughs> those those be two defensive tackles, but like Aaron Donald, I would choose 
above both those guys, honestly. Like, how right? could you not? He's an absolute yeah. freak of nature. Yeah, hundred percent, one of a kind. Like, I, I, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think he needed to even play eight years and win a Super Bowl to be a Hall of Famer. That that's the point I was making. That's all. Sorry. Yeah, it's, uh, you get into that talk of like you know the Calvin Johnsons, the Barry Sanders, like they kind of retire too early type thing. Yeah, and if he quits after eight years, people are gonna say like. Well, how come he only did it for eight years? He was still young. He was still at the top of his game, you know? And I, I think John is right. Longevity has a huge part of the Hall of Fame. I don't know why. Like, I guess, to me, the Hall of Fame is, like, how much you impact the game of football. And I think nobody from that position has impacted the the game of football like he has. So I think he's deserving of it 100%. Well, I don't like the whole longevity thing because you look at some people that have been passed on, like Patrick Willis – First of all, can we talk about how big of a joke this year's uh, Hall of Fame yeah, class is? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, lead us into that. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. Like, uh, hey, I, with the exception of Patch Willis, he just wasn't the first ballot. That's all that was. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see next year, right? If if he's not a second yeah. ballot, yeah, he'll be in for sure. I thought that this year, but like, it, it's insane. Like the the fact that he got passed up. Like, if you're saying it, it's all based predicated off like the, what the the impact the player has on the game. Patrick Willis was like absolutely trans uh, yeah. transcendent and like you know well, generational. He, he's one of my favorite players, uh, time, but he he got like he that's exact case. Like he doesn't have a defensive player of the year. Yeah, he doesn't have a ring, mm-hmm. and he and he didn't play that. So it's like might be tougher for him to get in just because of that one point. But we could talk about Devin Hester and Andre Johnson. Who was the big third uh, like snub? Was it Reggie Wayne? Uh, no, no, it was, Reggie it was Calvin uh, Reggie Wayne, and then. Uh, it was Andre Jacoby Jones. Yeah, Jacoby Jones. That's what it was. Uh, sorry, for those of you who don't know, that's an inside joke. <laughs> I really Andre don't think Willis Jacoby Jones is a snub. Oh, Demarcus Ware. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, sorry, that's 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 blasphemy in uh, in, in in every sense of the word. That is absolutely ridiculous that Demarcus Ware didn't make the Hall of Fame. Like I mean, it, these, these are all first ballots. I think with the guys that made it though, it's like it was just totally underwhelming. It's like it, it's supposed to be the Hall of Fame, and like is Leroy Butler really one of the greatest players that's ever played NFL? Like it, it shouldn't just be like when the other teams were preparing for the Duke throughout his career. It's like all right, they have a good safety over there. We gotta watch out for that. There's a difference between that and there's Ed Reed or Troy Palomalu over there. Yeah, and like nobody in this class just seemed like they had, unless like I'm just a hater and have overlooked their stats. Like it just no one had that that type of career to me. So, uh, and like I've heard points of just where the Hall of Fame is commercialized and it's harder to sell tickets to it and to get people to go to the Pro Football Hall Hall of Fame game if you only have one or two guys in the class as opposed to five or six. And yeah. like, I, I think that it's gotten watered down at this point. And uh, that kind of happened with, with basketball too. Like I, I can at least appreciate baseball, even though like they're weird and not really with the Toms, but they do hold their hall of fame seriously. And I wish the NFL stayed more like their old school way with like Dick Vermeil was probably the only one that I could think of. Yeah. Like, like he was a great coach. So, so that that's fine. But uh from a player perspective, like, like uh, I know you have tears even within the Hall of Fame, but it, it's like you, almost at this point, it's like maybe you should just call it the modern Hall of Fame. Like if everybody, if it's going to be five or six guys every single year, no matter what, mm-hmm. 
like there's a difference between like the like Ronnie Watt getting in and like the guys that are getting in right now. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, uh, I think we should pivot from the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, I don't know how we got on that subject, but um, a little weird. I think it was my fault. Uh, back to the Super Bowl. Anybody have any complaints about any of the the plays? Like, what was the what was the turning point in the game for you? Uh, any of you guys, go ahead. But I was just thinking. Um, there was a there was a couple of decent turning points where I noticed the game's momentum was flipping. Anybody got one to talk about? I I was just very surprised on the the Rams' ability to run or to not run uh, because they could not get the running game going at all. Yeah, that and that's actually I, what I, I think they had say. one play for like fourteen yards with Acres, I believe. I could be wrong, but uh, that was it. That was at, or no, I don't even think that was Acres. I think that was it was Henderson. I think that was mixed, dude. So, like, oh. I don't think the Rams did anything to run the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's what I was thinking, Ryan. The, the whole entire time. I mean, I had uh, on one of my prop bets. It was the under of uh, sixty-five yards for Joe Mixon, which seemed like it was going to, you know, absolutely be half of that. At least what I thought at the end of the game with the the Rams' defensive line, and uh, it was the quite the opposite. It, the Joe Mixon was able to have his way with that with that defensive line, and it didn't do anything for the Bengals and all things said and done, but um, it was quite the opposite of what I expected. I thought the Rams were going to run all over them, and uh, they had like a combined like probably twenty yards or something. It felt like, and Sonny Michelle wasn't even in the game. Not bad call on that one. Yeah, way to go, Ryan! Sick pick for the Football Fools' uh, final bet of the year. I said Odell Beckham Jr. to score. I always said that. Weird. It's on the pod, <laughs> so we have. Uh... And, and if you don't believe that, listen to FFP. Fools podcast right here on Spotify. Well, the uh, the things that I would say would have been been key for this game. Uh, the so the Rams were mentioning their rushing game, like their one rushing play that, that stuck out to me was when they went for that fourth down deep in their territory and they gave it to Cup. It's like they pulled off the one that they had to have, and Cincinnati just they they had the the huge play with Higgins. It was. Debate, but he obviously grabbed the space mask. You could could have called a penalty on that, and it was missed. But like Cincinnati, just they did not come through with the big plays. They were three of fourteen on third down, and then even though they were playing ahead a lot of the second half, their offensive line, like the the storyline going into the game, they they gave up seven sacks, and like the, those things just uh, since he lost forty three yards, they weren't able to move the ball because of all those sacks, and they they didn't convert enough on on third downs like they they had the two interceptions uh since he didn't have any turnovers so it, it just kind of a bad missed opportunity for them because like that uh, a lot of people thought the rams were going to blow them out and that script was playing to cincinnati's favor but they they just probably didn't have the guns like the rams did at the end of the day yeah 100 percent uh mark what did you think was the turning point in the game uh not necessarily a turning point but obviously the biggest play of the game and I think it was that fourth and one call. Um, I don't know why fourth and one, not even like a long one, and you line up shotgun formation. I get it. Joe Burrow's the guy who got you there. He's the one that, you know, you credit your whole season to. But at the yeah. end of the game, you need one yard. If you're going to keep it with Joe Burrow, do the Tom Brady sneak. If his 44-year-old ass can do that, I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow with one knee can do it. So yeah. why would you not just call that or, you know, the big run play that's been working the whole game? I just don't get why you would uh, call a, a shotgun formation when you need one yard. Yeah, it was a questionable call. It'll be like a equivalent to the Seahawks 
call back in the Super Bowl against the Patriots when Malcolm Butler intercepted. But um, can we talk about Jalen Ramsey for a sec? What was uh, him talking all that smack and, you know, going to the game and he said he wanted Jamar Chase one-on-one. Uh, who do you think won that matchup? It, it was definitely Jamar Chase, but I would still stand my ground and say uh, Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in the league. He got burnt yeah, in the I, biggest game of the year. I don't think Ramsey had had a great game. And, like, uh, Brady threw that deep touchdown pass on him, too. I don't think Ramsey had a great playoffs. Yeah. I mean, dude, J- Jamar Chase is good, first <laughs> off. Like, he, no credit away from Jamar Chase. But who's better than Jalen Ramsey? I don't know, but he looked like Eli Apple out there getting burnt he, every other play. You're right. You're absolutely right, Mark, for sure. And uh, Jalen Ramsey, I just looked up, is 27 years old, so he still he should still have plenty in the tank. Um, but, he I mean, does. Yeah, and obviously he didn't have to have the best game of his life in the Super Bowl because they ended up winning. But uh, for him to talk all that smack and for you know that being the big matchup everybody was looking forward to, it didn't seem like he he was the the key role there. He was the key piece in that in that win. You know what I mean? Um, all kudos to Aaron Donald. He seemed to have uh, you know called his shot with a Super Bowl ring, pointing to his ring a couple games ago, and then he goes and wins it and then does the same same motion to his finger again. So good for him. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like Jalen Ramsey should have been talking all that smack after. I just wanted to bring some light to that because uh, I don't like the big personality divas and seem to blow up in his face in this game. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he had a great playoffs. Like, I, I'll stand by that. Um, I'm not the, the corner expert, but uh, certainly I, I don't know that he, he performed at the – at his peak this year. Cause usually if you're going to have a, a corner like that, you either see a lot of picks or the ball just doesn't get thrown to their side of the field. And I feel like Ramsey did not have a lot of picks and you saw him getting targeted more yeah. than top corners. So uh, were you guys all satisfied with the MVP of the game? Cooper cup? hundred percent. Yeah, no a- absolutely. If the Bengals would have won, it would have been Mixon. I think uh, Rams for sure. Cup was the answer. Uh, yeah. I think it would have been Higgins. Yeah, 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 I'm. I'm sorry. I agree with you. I, I think Higgins as well. Higgins or Mixon. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I said Cooper Cup when the when the game ended. I was like, it's got to be someone. Our people, a lot of people that we were with here, were saying uh, Matt Stafford. And you it could have made an argument, but I think Cooper Cup with his game winning touchdown and stuff like that definitely solidified his pick. Um, I think the only person that could have had an argument made for is maybe Aaron Donald, and strictly because he made that big play well, at the end. Well, and if you if you want to say with with Cup, and I, I'm just kind of thinking of it but like when it got down to the most important part of the game like they had already lost obj you knew exactly who that they were going to be looking for and throwing the ball to and that was the exact part of the game where he was unstoppable and they couldn't do anything so like i I, yeah cup was i mean you could argue he was the best player in the league from beginning to end of the season he was the most consistent player like he, he hardly had any bad games at all showed up every big game and you know two touchdowns 92 yards i think for, uh, got him a Super Bowl MVP. When did he tear his ACL? Was that a year ago or two years ago? No idea. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have Mark look it up because he's the resident analyst. I want to say it was two years ago. Yeah, are you right? talking about the cup? Yeah, he tore his ACL. I mean, it was like a big uh, deal. And uh, I think two two years ago, I think. Yeah, otherwise he probably would have been in the conversation for comeback player of the year, I'd assume, right? <laughs> Running, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like winning, winning the triple crown. But um, well, real quick, since we haven't we, we touched on the Rams' future, uh, let, let's start with Mark on this since he he wants to trade for Joe Burrow, which could obviously have a huge effect on the Bengals' future. But saying that that doesn't happen because that sounds a little like collusion. 
Uh, Mark, what what do you think the Bengals kind of need to do most in this offseason to kind of make sure that this isn't just a flash in the pan moment for them? Obviously, I think the same thing I thought last year, and they proved me wrong when I said this, but you need to secure that offensive line and protect Joe Burrow. I thought that would be a huge issue for him this year, and at moments it was, obviously. I mean, he, what, I think he finished the game with seven, eight sacks? Yeah, seven. Seven, so he tied the record for most sacks in a Super Bowl, and he set the record for most sacks in winning a game earlier in the playoffs. So, I mean, obviously, if you give this kid a little bit more time, imagine what he could do. Um, I think that's going to be huge. Maybe adding another pass rusher on the other side of Hendricks. um, But besides that, I don't think there's too many holes. Obviously, you need to – fill the void that's going to be left when you uh, release Eli Apple after today. Um, but besides that, <laughs> I, I think they have a good young core. Um, they still have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase for the next four or five years. Um, before you have to pay him, really, you have him for three at least. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Boyd's coming up on a contract in two years, I think. T. Higgins still has three. So, I mean, you have a lot of these guys for a long time before you have to pay him. I think you just need some – some offensive line help. If I if I'm not mistaken, I think T. Higgins comes up center because he was an early second round pick. Yeah, so he has he has four years. I think he'll be up after next year. Yeah, so this is a second year. I think you have the four years with him, right? And the fourth year option. Like, <laughs> last year, next year was his, his last year on the contract. I'm not if I'm not mistaken. We can so, Google it. Hold on. Hold, please. Hold yeah, please. but but I mean, it, that, he's definitely under contract for next year. So yeah. going forward, they're they're going to have them for that. Yeah, I, and I agree with you, Mark. I think it's I think first and foremost, you got to address the offensive line. It's cool that Burrow was able to uh, have such good playoff games while being the most sacked quarterback in history. Like that, that's not a record you want to have. Um, it's impressive that he's able to do so. But again, that's not what you want to do. That's not what you. That's not what helps you in the long run as far as uh, longevity for your young quarterback. Uh, I think in the first round, they should definitely – they attacked the big offensive weapons the last couple of drafts. I think what you want to do is go after offensive line and then address maybe free agency. You look at defensive players because you got to stack up somewhere if you're planning on repeating or going back or even being in contention again next year. Um, that was obviously their weak point, kind of not as bad as the Broncos in 2012, but that's what the Broncos' mistake was. They went full offense, you know, historically – uh, high-scoring offense, and then they went back – when they went back in two years, three years later, um, they beefed up on defense, and I think that's what the Bengals have to do here. Yeah, well, I mean, if they have $75 million in cap space, like some of that's going to have to go just on your picks and your own guys, but, like, that that's enough flexibility that, like, it should be a no-brainer. Uh, I don't know exactly who it would be, but you can go out onto the market and who is the most wanted tackle on the, on the market, and then you just – pay them above anyone else and you just went to the Super Bowl. So yeah, they can do that. They they can build their line out through the draft. Uh but yeah, that that's where like that that was the thing everyone was saying was going to cost them. And on literally the last play, like Burrow didn't have enough time and that that's that's what cost them. So I, I, I feel like that's kind of the obvious area they have to address going into next season. Yeah. Ryan, any thoughts on the on the team here before we uh, wrap up the episode in a couple minutes? No, I, I think you guys uh, hit it spot on, and I think Bengals will be back, but not far. 
but far, sorry. Uh, I was because Pittsburgh's right there. You're gonna, it's kind of like it's kind of it's gonna be tough between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. You guys watch. Well, let, let me throw this out for one more thing for Cincinnati because it's already been speculated. It's not not exactly offensive line, but if you wanted to help out your your big sets and your blocking sets a little bit more, Rob Gronkowski said that he would like to play with Joe Burrow if he was going to continue playing. So. Um, that, that would be a, a sick weapon to add in addition to all those receivers they have that can catch everything. You get the tight end that I've said before with the best hands in history and is also the best blocking tight end in history, even though that's not his main thing anymore. Uh, that, that could be a really potentially big ad for them as well. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I keep forgetting about that. Um, maybe since the last time we did a pod, it was Broncos talk. But yeah, that's definitely something that came out in the last week that could potentially turn that franchise or add a big piece to that franchise for the next couple of years, you know? So what about I, uh, Von Miller? What about him? Put him across the Yeah. I mean, he's a free agent. He can, yeah. he can afford to take a two-year contract that uh, pays decent to go train up some of these younger guys that they have on the defense. I mean, you don't uh, – obviously, he's not going to come in and turn the franchise around. But who knows? I mean, he just – was a huge piece for the Rams, so yeah. And if the Rams end up end up imploding, like we were talking about with losing all the potential big stars, um, that's not a crazy a crazy guess to make a bullish pick, if you will. Um, the Rams just went like Florida Marlins after they won the World Series, <laughs> and they they just literally get rid of everybody and trade off every piece and refill their their draft coverage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crazier things have happened. I mean, uh, and of course, if you guys listen to the Football Fools podcast, you'll be the first to hear about all such trades and such big uh, movements in free agency here. Like I said, we have Aaron Rodgers in the house uh, with some inside info. He's not going to talk tonight because he had to take off. But if you guys listen to the Football Fools podcast, you'll be the first to hear about all all the whereabouts and movements of Aaron Rodgers coming up in the next couple of weeks leading up to free agency. And uh, if you stay tuned, you'll be ahead of all your friends and uh smarter and better for it indeed well uh another season is in the books it hasn't really set in that we we don't have another game for a long time but uh, i'm sure uh justin will get over into hockey i'll get more interested in nba and golf and uh we'll we'll figure out ways to uh spend our gambling dollars in the meantime and uh just stay tuned for the next couple months we are going to be recording a little bit less often often um, because of the break for you know, NFL, obviously we got a, a couple months, but we are going to fill it with some exciting episodes. So make sure you listen for free agency stuff. Um, you know, right at the beginning of free agency, the draft, of course, and then uh, we'll talk about stuff in between. And in addition to, we'll talk about coaches, and don't forget about our weekly Bronco talk. We'll continue doing that that short episode as well. That's what I meant. Sorry, um, but yeah, uh, Tom Brady was not able to make it on the pod this week, guys. Um, he is contemplating coming out of retirement already after retiring only a short week ago, or two short weeks ago. So we will uh, have next week on the Football Fourth Podcast. If you stay tuned, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and fo- if you are listening for Ryan's Vines. You are going to take the Penguins plus 1,500 to win the NHL Stanley Cup. And for futures, Pittsburgh Steelers, who knows what they are, but take them to win the Super Bowl in 2023. And if you guys are NHL hockey fans at all, like Ryan's implying, um, me and Mark will be doing a podcast live from Las Vegas, Nevada. 
where we'll be watching the uh, pre-Stanley Cup playoff matchup between the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche next Wednesday. So stay tuned for a short episode then as well. Um, I think we're all done for tonight, guys, right? Yeah? Okay. Uh, All right, everybody, have a good night. Like I said, tune in next week to hear Aaron Rodgers himself on the podcast. Uh, Sorry about the Tom Brady thing. Make sure to like and follow and subscribe uh, Football Fools Podcast on Instagram. Uh, as well as on our Spotify, give us five stars and also take part in our weekly poll. We'll, we'll do something. We'll throw something up on this episode as well. But until next week, you guys have a great night and take care and hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Night. Later.